Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar. Podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? Richardson's reveal. Florida Gator quarterback Anthony Richardson decides to exit stage right, leave the University of Florida, enter the NFL draft. It's not only the smart decision, it is the best decision for both Florida and Anthony Richardson. He's doing the right thing by coming out, even though he may not even go until the mid or late first round. So we're going to explore that and tell you why. Also, this is where things start to get interesting this time of year. You know, the college football playoff announced its four finalists. What do we have? Well, the Heisman Trophy is going to have two guys that are in the college football playoff and two more guys from the outside looking in. Actually, check that three guys from the college football playoff. The one or actually okay, it's not going to be there's the guy that's going to end up winning it. But still, nonetheless, they're the right four guys. I know some people are upset that Hendon Hooker is not there, the Tennessee quarterback. He's a victim of his team's success. Why? The Tennessee football program against Vanderbilt burned Hendon Hooker in a chance to at least go to New York. And Stetson Bennett over Hendon Hooker actually is the right call. We'll look at that. And also, you know, I wrote this down, a little portal power. There are hundreds of players in the transfer portal. And... They need to slap a couple of regulations on this thing. And we've got four regulations that should be put on the transfer portal that will make things better for everybody. The problem now is, again, everybody complains about this, but they've weakened. The NCAA has been weakened by conferences complaining, by lawsuits. The NIL, remember, college athletes, they brought lawsuit against the NCAA. Everybody was so mad at the NCAA. Wanted to get the NCAA out of the way. Well, I'm going to give you an 80s analogy for destabilizing a region. I learned this from Coach Jones, Mr. Jones in history. When you disable a region, and this happens in wildlife and in politics, you have chaos. And that's what we have here because college football has (laughs) destabilized itself. It has. But there's four ways to fix this portal. Okay. Again, Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports, Twitter, at Harp on Sports, Instagram, Harp on Sports, Auditory Route, The Bar, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harp On Sports Facebook page, Harp On Sports, the YouTube channel, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. Okay, let's start off with Anthony Richardson first. He's making the right decision. He's making the right choice. Because depending on what's going to happen at Florida next year, too many things can go wrong. Get injured. He's going to have new receivers coming in, maybe a new offense. It could be his third different offense that he has to learn in three years. All the projections have him going mid to late first, which is not a bad place to go in the draft. Mid to late first usually gets you on a good team. I think over the years, mid to late first round guys, Lamar Jackson, late first round. This is just the last 15 years or so, right? Last five or six years, Lamar Jackson, late first. 15 years ago, actually, it's been a little longer than now, isn't it? Yeah, about 15 years ago, 16 years ago now, Ben Roethlisberger, mid first. These guys that fall to good teams, and what happens is good teams trade up to come get these guys. So Anthony Richardson, I was looking around, and you know, at the beginning of the year, like, well, who really needs a quarterback? I've got eight different teams that need quarterbacks that could use a quarterback. 
that may be in the market for a quarterback. Now, are they all going to draft him? No, but eight teams. And this is all about going to the personal workouts, meeting with teams at the combine, how you throw, how you answer questions. Now, Anthony Richardson developing a little bit more. Yeah, who couldn't use more development? Teams across the board, with, with Pittsburgh Steelers with Kenny Pickett, they wanted him to sit. I can't make Okay, here we go. Got to try it now. Certain teams have guys that have sit forever. Look at Jordan Love with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, when, when the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers, didn't expect him to sit for four years. Jordan Love's going to be sitting for, what, two full seasons now? I know he's played a little bit. But this whole anomaly of sitting for this extended period of time, there's teams that just are going to want Anthony Richardson on the team to develop him. And again, you have to strike. It's cliches or cliches for a reason because they're true. You have to strike while the iron's hot. Crash. Time for him to enter. Well, he's not ready. Okay, so what? It means he's going to be on a good team surrounded by talent if he's going mid to late first, right? And I wrote down all these teams. These are all teams that have that, that are going to have a legitimate crack at Anthony Richardson. The Lions with their pick. Remember, they get the Rams pick, which is going to be a top five pick in the Matthew Stafford trade. The Lions are going to pick down there, what, 10 to 15? They'll have a crack at him. The Colts will have a crack at him. The Seahawks with their second pick will have a crack at him. They'll get the Broncos pick, which is probably a top six or seven pick. But with the Seahawks' own pick, they'll have a crack at him. The Vikings, if they want to go this route, depending on what's going on with Kirk Cousins. The Ravens, if they move on from Lamar Jackson. The Buccaneers. Now, you may say, well, they wouldn't go Kyle Trask again. They didn't drive Kyle Trask. They wouldn't draft another Florida quarterback. Of course they would. Um, the Commanders. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. I just gave you seven teams. And there's other teams out there that we don't know what the plan is. I mean, I even write teams down like the Saints. So, look, it, mid to late first round. I just gave you eight teams. Somebody's going to draft him. Somebody drafted Tim Tebow. Now, look, he can go to the combine and be really slow, but he's not going to be. He's going to be lanky. He's going to be tall. He's going to run very fast. He's got a cannon. All of those intangibles. Everybody's going to look at him and go, oh, my gosh. We got a faster version of Cam Newton that's more elusive. Accuracy? We can teach that. You're making the right decision. Now, do I think he's ready? No, he can't throw the deep ball. He struggles. But again, NFL team, if he's on a good team, think about this. If you're an NFL team, and I just mentioned a bunch of teams there, let's say, just for all intents and purposes, let's say he goes to Seahawks. Well, then Geno can be back for a year. They get another veteran. Who knows where Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go and you park Anthony Richardson behind him for two years? There you go. Where the concern with Anthony Richardson would be is if he ends up, you know, being force-fed out there like to the Texans. Or if Anthony Richardson comes out and he's force-fed to a team that's picking in the top four or five that doesn't have the stable core around him to go compete right now. There's where your cause for concern would be. There's where your question marks would be, but that's not going to be around. It's just not. So what do I think? I, I think he's a mid to late first round pick. I think you could have a team that's picking between 20 and 32 that moves up and gets him, especially the one that I, if this doesn't work out with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and the Ravens move Lamar for like two or three first round picks, I could see the Ravens like signing Jimmy Garoppolo and drafting Anthony Richardson and going, all right, here we go, boys. Got a couple years to figure this out going forward. Then you hit the reset clock on all this. So again, he's not ready. So, so what? It's not about being ready. It's about potential. And you may sit there and say, well, that's wrong. Uh, okay. Well, there've been guys that have gone in the first round that we look around and go, I mean, okay. Mac Jones ready. There's a certain quarterback from the jets. Is he ready? 
Justin Fields wasn't ready in year one. You know, I, I look around the league the last few, three or, four, you know, two or three drafts, and there's certain guys who are like, okay, he's ready. He, here we go. Joe Burrow. Okay, yeah, legit. Number one. Makes sense. Guys that are okay. Checkbox, go. There's other guys. Kyler Murray looked ready out of the gate, didn't he? Not so much now. Certain guys have that ebb and flow. And again, there's other guys that you look at and say, okay, Tua Tunga Viola, not ready, not ready. Okay, now he is ready. Jalen Hurts, oh my gosh, not ready, not ready. Then he is ready. When you look at a guy like Anthony Richardson, people look around and see Jalen Hurts and, and they'd see Tua Tunga Viola. Now I know Anthony Richardson didn't have that success in college, but that's what you see. You know there's going to be growing pains the first, you know, 16 to 25 games. It's just what happens when that switch finally gets flipped. So we'll see. But no, he should leave. In Florida, again, looking around, trying to hit the reset button here. It's gotten toxic for Anthony Richardson. He gets blamed for losses. People wanted Jalen Kitna to step in without seeing him really play or just having such a small sample size. Just mm, when we get to the Florida Gators, probably in the upcoming podcast, of Billy Napier's got a mess on his hands. It's going to be a whole new team as he wipes this thing out. But the thing with the transfer portal is how quickly it moves. And speaking of the transfer portal and how quickly it moves, you know, Deion Sanders reported to have as much as 100 players reach out to him at Colorado so far, 100 players that are interested. That's a mind-boggling number, which means we have to get a, 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 a portal power down. And it's going to be tough to implement these things because the one thing is, is, College football programs, athletic directors want rules for you, but not rules for them. It's kind of like class. Class always applies to the other guy. So do rules and regulations. It's not in our best interest. And basically what's happened over the course of the last five to 10 years is the NCAA has just ripped on for everything. And look, they've screwed up some things. They screwed up the North Carolina investigation. They definitely screwed up the Miami investigation. One that they didn't screw up was Penn State. And Southern Cal ended up getting punished more for giving Reggie Bush's mom a house than Penn State did for ignoring a pedophile ring for 30 years. It's ridiculous. So with all of this, the NCAA has been weakened time and time again to the point that NCAA has kind of looked around and this year said, go for it. Figure it out on your own. You ever notice the NCAA is taking a step back with NIL, a step back with um, the portal? And everybody's furious. NIL's out of control. The portal's out of control. The NCAA needs to do something. You mean the same, same NCAA that you complain about everything? It's like, no, you figure it out on your own. Not going to have me to kick around anymore. I Look, if I'm the NCAA, NCAA's going to be laughing, saying, <laughs> we're just, our goal is to structurally set up tournaments and events. And we didn't, the NCAA never planned on being the chief disciplinarian of all this. You programs, when you get players pinched, you always say you're handling things in-house, too. We're going to make them run a lot. Okay. They're not going to self-regulate this. Schools are not going to self-regulate themselves. Come on. It's, schools are like the just-take-one note above the Halloween candy basket. It's not going to happen. They're not going to do it. They're not going to listen. They're going to take as much as they want. I got a way to fix your portal problem. You ready? Six transfers per school. When it comes to the transfer portal, you can bring in six people. You want to balance talent across college football? And right now, the chaos that you're having with all these guys entering the portal and not sitting out a year, it's, it's kind of set this up, right? And I'm okay with this in some instances. There's a way to get the portal in a position where it benefits college football top to bottom. And that's what you want, right? Everybody that wants 
not necessarily parity, but to balance the talent level out. Because let's face it, you got Ohio State again. You've got Georgia again. You've got Michigan again. Right? Now we have TCU, who's new, but it's the same teams. Clemson was on the cusp. Alabama was on the cusp. You want to fix this? Six transfers per school when it comes to the portal. If you have all these people enter, you only can take on six. Well, what what, what if you have 10 guys leave? Okay, then here comes recruiting. Make shit, you know. But look, I'm going to protect schools when it comes to this as well. If you transfer out of the conference, you don't have to sit. If you transfer within the conference, you have to sit a year. That's how you stop teams from like guys going from Georgia to Alabama. That's how you stop that stuff. And you say, well, it's not really fair. No, they want to transfer to be closer to home. Well, then you can leave Florida to go to Florida State. You can leave Florida to go to Miami. You can leave South Carolina to go to Clemson. You can leave Georgia to go to Georgia Tech. If you want, you want to play this game where you want to stay in your state, well, Michigan to go where? Kentucky? You can do this. You bet you can do this. Depending on where you are in the country. You look, you can leave Penn State to go to Pitt. See, there's a way to do this. So if you want to strengthen the portal, what you do is you're allowed to leave, but you have to leave the conference. Play immediately. If you transfer within the conference, you have to sit a year. What does that do? That redistributes talent across the country. The other thing that you do, make sure I get this, when you sign an NIL deal, you have to stay with that team for at least two years, regardless of the NIL deal. You If that school... Ponies in that community ponies up the cash to sign you. You have to stay there for two years. If you don't, you have to sit the year. So let's say you come in, you don't like your deal. You don't like your school. I'm going to transfer. Okay. Then you have to sit the next year. You still get your money. NIL, you sign an NIL deal. You have to stay at that school for two years. Only six portals acceptance per school. And if you enter the portal, that's fine. But if you go interconference, see, this is where you get SEC guys leaving the SEC into the ACC. You can, you can make conference football more balanced. If that's what you want. If not, keep doing what you're doing. Don't change anything. Those are just like three of my big ones. Now, look, if you have a new head coach, I get it. If you have a new coach in year one, maybe eight transfers for your school per portal per year. That way you don't have nine guys going to the same place. Colorado's about ready to get 15, 20 guys in the portal. You rebuild that program in a year. Which you may say, oh, that's great. You have a coach that everybody's interested in. All right. But look, you want to make this, everybody likes the word fair. Fair is a place where you judge pigs and eat pies. Exists usually in August sometime, right? Or at least in the fall. Come on. These are these are legitimate solutions, but schools will hate this. Why? Because the school is going to say to itself, wait a second here. Why do we, we, we never want to close circuit us. We, we want to have the option to add all these people. Again, you want to fix the portal problem? Six transfers per school. If you transfer within the conference, you have to sit a year. You take any NIL money, you have to stay at that school for two years. Solutions, solutions. And then with that in the athletic directors and the school presidents and the conferences, then you'll kind of calm this thing down a bit. But by all means, keep doing what you're doing. It's, it's open-ended free agency. It's going to continue. You try some small parameters, and if it's not enough, then you lock it down even more. These are small things that will balance the structure and the talent across college football. If you don't think six is enough per school, then fine, go to eight. But I'd start at six. When you're recruiting 24, 25 guys a year, well, Quarter of that can be portal people. Makes sense. One dead with this, Raph, with this. Heisman Trophy. You know, some people are upset Hennon Hooker didn't get invited. And Hennon Hooker is a victim of Tennessee's success after he got hurt. What happened to Hendon Hooker happened the year that Tua Tungviola lost the Heisman. 
So to Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, Tua Tungavaola gets hurt. Jalen Hurts comes in. Alabama beats Georgia. So all of a sudden, everybody's looking around and going, well, Tua really doesn't get the Heisman vote, does he? If the backup can come in and win the game, Kyler Murray, Heisman Trophy winner. Well, Tennessee struggles, gets blitzed by South Carolina, hitting hookers out. A Vanderbilt team that had won back-to-back games, beat Kentucky and beat Florida. Vandy plays Tennessee, and Tennessee smokes them by, what, six touchdowns? And you can look around and say, well, it's more. they ran the ball, and it went, oh, okay. But all of a sudden, here's Vandy that knocks off two SEC East teams, two SEC bowl-eligible teams, and all of a sudden, Tennessee beats them by six touchdowns without their quarterback. Everybody's looking around going, well, is it Tennessee or is it the quarterback? Now, I know he threw more touchdown passes than Stetson Bennett. But though, though I'm telling you, that's why he's not one of the final four. And voting for him, what, Duggan shouldn't have got the vote? What, Caleb Williams shouldn't have got the vote? And the whole thing is, you take him off the team and see, well, we did take him off the team. They beat Vanderbilt by six touchdowns. The, look, if they had gone out and struggled and beat Vanderbilt by a field goal, then maybe he gets the invite. And it is a sport about what have you done for me lately? C.J. Stroud is going to lose the Heisman because he didn't play in the Big Ten championship game. Because he lost at the end of the year. C.J. Stroud was a front runner. What happened? They got waxed by Michigan. Hannon Hooker was right up there. What happened? He tore his ACL. Fair or not fair? Bryce Young lost, what, seven quarters of football because he got hurt? Seven quarters of football? What Bryce Young could have done? And that was against AM. Bryce Young lost the game against AM, who everybody was boat racing, with the exception of LSU. No, and everybody, the hooker should have got invited. Oh, this guy, well, look, think about Blake Corum. Blake Corum bangs up his knee in the first half against Illinois. What happens? Blake Corum hurt himself in very similar fashion that Hendon Hooker hurt himself before the big showdown against Ohio State. What happened to Blake Corum? Michigan goes out and drills Ohio State. Everybody looks at him and goes, I guess he's not that valuable. Hendon Hooker and Blake Corum, same dude. Same thing happened to Tua Tunga Viola four years ago. When your backup comes in and the team doesn't miss a beat, well, then everybody all, all of a sudden questions your value. And right or wrong, you know, if your team gets beat and you're hurt, it, it also can hurt you too, but it can benefit you as well. And again, look, look, look how bad. Caleb Williams pulls a hammy and Lincoln Riley leaves him out there just <laughs> to get the piss beat out of him for 60 minutes against Utah. Lucky didn't just destroy that young man, but he battles through it. He doesn't really do what he needs to do, but in that effort, uh, playing through it, you look around and go, man, they don't have a healthy Caleb Williams. They have no shot because he couldn't run the ball. Now, I think maybe Lincoln Riley's thinking in the back of my mind, I pull him and put somebody else in and we struggle. He was trying to have Caleb Williams win the Heisman. He really, really put him at risk. CJ Stroud doesn't play, you know, Duggan puts TC on his back, and boy, that would have been interesting if they had come back and won, considering they score a touchdown in the final three minutes, and all he does is run the ball by himself. Well, they got these four right. Look, and, and I look at Stetson Bennett. What do you have, 20 touchdowns, like six picks, undefeated? He played gigantic and gigantic games. Come on, dude. I'm okay with this. No, Hooker should have gone. Well, then Quorum should have gone. Then all of a sudden, you got 12 people as finalists. It's like when you're doing like top five lists and people come, oh, this team should be on it. This team should be on it. Okay, who are you taking off? Well, I would take anybody off. No, this used to happen with the NCAA tournament. Dick Vitale would hop on ESPN. They should be in. They should be in. They should be in. All of a sudden, your field's got 81 teams. I get it. 
Bryce Young, Blake Corum, Hendon Hooker, all would have been there if they had played 12 full games and a conference championship game. They got hurt. They didn't. Them the breaks. Boy, it works. By the way, college football playoff, they got it right. They did. The whole thing about Alabama, they could beat anybody on that list. Well, then if that's the case, then just then, then if, that, if that's the point, then you should just let Vegas pick the Final Four based on point spread. That's what it should be. If that's the case, then a Pac-12 champion that goes undefeated is never going to be in it. <laughs> Come on. Opportunities. Schools had the, Alabama had their opportunity. Didn't win. An opportunity to win their division. Didn't win. You can say Ohio State didn't have that. Well, the Ohio State gets to play Georgia now. Look, once this goes to 12, you'll have another set of circumstances that'll be a problem. I've told you this, and I'll tell you again, teams that lose conference championship games will be punished. USC going to finish in the top 12? If USC would have beaten Utah, they knocked Utah out. North Carolina losing to Clemson. Well, North Carolina really didn't have much of a shot, did they? But they get wiped out. What's a team like Notre Dame that's not in the conference doing sitting around? Teams that didn't play in conference championship games were rewarded. Teams that played and lost were punished. Something to watch out for as we go to 12. Just new drama that didn't occur before occurs. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe. At Harp on Sports, Twitter, at Harp on Sports, Instagram, social media. Auditory route, the bar, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Harp on Sports Facebook page. Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel under the bar. And of course, harponsports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.